To bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. Cannabisradio.com presents the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Wednesday, August 24th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the middle of the week. And uh, today for the show, we've got kind of a special theme. You know, all week we've been bringing you the uh, highlights from Seattle Hemp Fest, the 25th anniversary that took place this last weekend. And today we've got more highlights that uh, that focus on two subjects, industrial hemp and running for office. There were three different politicians from New Hampshire, Montana, and Washington State, two of them who are dyed-in-the-wool marijuana activists that spoke at the Seattle Hemp Fest. We're going to bring you all of their speeches today. We'll have Carrie Boyder, who was a medical marijuana activist in Washington State, uh, a native of Montana who has gone back to Montana. She's running for state uh, office there. Then we'll hear from New Hampshire State Senate candidate Roger Tilton, and at the end of our show, our first hour, we'll hear from Stephanie Hart Viscovich, who's running for Washington State Senate. And in the middle of hour one, since it is Wednesday, we will get our Hemp Day Hump Day update with Doug Fine, the organic cowboy on Twitter and the author of Too High to Fail and Hemp Bound. He'll call in halfway through and we'll find out what's going on all across this nation as more and more states are planting and sowing industrial hemp. In hour two, we've got more for you from Seattle Hemp Fest, including Jeff Eichen. He's a filmmaker uh, behind the movie Lifers, the movie, talking about marijuana prisoners serving life in prison. We spoke to him backstage at a noisy uh, Sealy stage. And for our 20 after break, we'll bring you more music from the Seattle Hemp Fest featuring a Seattle, Washington band called the Furniture Girls and their cover of an 80s song that uh, you'll recognize. And uh, then at uh, about half past in hour two, we'll speak with Joy Beckerman. She was a winner of a special regional uh, activism award from Seattle Hemp Fest this year for her efforts in getting Washington State's industrial hemp law passed. Yeah, can you believe that? Washington State legalized recreational marijuana before they legalized industrial hemp. And it's an interesting conversation about some of the weird uh, conflicts in those laws uh, in Washington State. So stay tuned for that in hour two. Also in hour two, we ran into my mentor, Madeline Martinez, the one that brought me into marijuana activism. We'll find out what's going on with her since the demise of the world-famous Cannabis Cafe in uh, Portland, Oregon. We've got all that coming up, plus we start, of course, with the Cannabis Radio News, and in the headlines today, we've got good and bad news from all across the United States. We'll fill you in on that Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals decision out of Kansas. Uh, We briefly mentioned it at the beginning of yesterday's show. We've got medical marijuana likely to make the ballot in Oklahoma. We've got another medical marijuana likely to make the ballot in Arkansas. We've got good news coming out of Montana with regard to the repeal of medical marijuana in that state. 
And in Michigan, unfortunately, bad news for the people trying to legalize marijuana in Michigan. All that coming up on the Russ Belleville Show. Thanks for being here. Be right back in a couple minutes. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say Wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show. Uh, St. Peter auditioning to be the Microsoft weed software uh, spokesman. Hey, this is St. Peter for Microsoft they track weed does that mean they're gonna like track the weed is that what this is about jesus i'm not gonna be tracked jesus i'm not gonna have my fucking weed tracked and i'm not gonna have fucking microsoft track me back to my fucking house through my weed the way they fucking spied on people with that goddamn xbox camera fuck this fuck microsoft fuck this bullshit the stoner jesus show live mondays wednesdays and fridays at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific or find the stoner jesus show podcast on demand at cannabisradio.com and stonerjesus.net peace bitches this is the rush belleville show on cannabisradio.com when you are starting up a medical cannabis business you want a fired up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers the law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Wednesday, August 24, 2016. Wichita, Kansas. Law enforcement officials in Kansas cannot stop and search motorists just for having out-of-state license plates from states that have legalized marijuana, a federal appeals court ruled Tuesday. The Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals reinstated a lawsuit filed by a Colorado motorist, Peter Vasquez, against two Kansas Highway Patrol officers who pulled him over and searched his vehicle as he was driving alone at night through Kansas on his way to Maryland. 
The officers contended that they were justified in searching the vehicle because Vasquez was a citizen of Colorado driving on Interstate 70, a, quote, known drug corridor, end quote, in a recently purchased older model car. They said he also seemed nervous. A divided panel found the officers violated Vasquez's Fourth Amendment rights in searching his car without his consent. Nothing illegal was found. The officer's reasoning would justify the search and seizure of citizens of half of the states in the country, the court said, adding it is, quote, wholly improper, end quote, to assume someone is more likely to commit a crime because of his state of residence. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Secretary of State Chris Bengi's office has finished counting the signatures on a petition drive to put Oklahoma medical marijuana legalization before voters. Bengi announced Tuesday that 67,761 signatures were counted, surpassing the 65,987 signatures of registered voters needed to put the issue on an election ballot by fewer than 2,000 signatures. The Secretary of State's office will now send a report on its findings to the Oklahoma Supreme Court, which determines whether the number of signatures is sufficient to put the question on the ballot. If approved, doctors would be able to recommend a patient at least 25 years old for a state-issued medical marijuana license, allowing them to use marijuana and possess up to three ounces, six mature plants, and six seedlings. Little Rock, Arkansas. Supporters of a plan to legalize medical marijuana in Arkansas turned in additional signatures Friday in hopes of qualifying for the November ballot. If enough signatures are validated, the proposal from Arkansas's United for Medical Marijuana will be the second medical marijuana measure on the general election ballot this year. The group needs 84,859 valid signatures to make it onto the ballot, and Secretary of State Mark Martin's office has already verified 72,309 signatures. The proposal's sponsor, David Couch, said he turned in additional 34,804 signatures Friday and that he's confident the measure will qualify for a public vote. The proposed constitutional amendment would allow patients with certain medical conditions and a doctor's recommendation to buy marijuana from dispensaries. Arkansas voters narrowly rejected a medical marijuana proposal in 2012, but Couch said he believes voters are more open to the idea of legalizing medical marijuana than they were four years ago. (laughs) Helena, Montana. The sponsor of a proposed initiative to repeal Montana's medical marijuana law said Wednesday he won't appeal a judge's refusal to place the measure on November's ballot, but instead will focus on defeating a separate initiative to expand medical pot distribution. Billings car dealer Steve Zabawa told the Associated Press in an interview that there isn't enough time for him to appeal to the Montana Supreme Court before Secretary of State Linda McCulloch's office certifies the ballots and sends them for printing. Instead, he said his Safe Montana group will focus on defeating I-182, a ballot measure that would ease restrictions on medical marijuana distribution. Zabawa made the comments a day after District Judge Heidi Ulbricht denied his request to intervene and order McCulloch to place his initiative on the ballot. The initiative fell more than 4,100 signatures short of qualifying. Zabawa claimed thousands of signatures gathered for the measure had been lost or improperly invalidated. Lansing, Michigan. A group trying to legalize the recreational use of marijuana in Michigan has failed to persuade a judge to put the question on the fall ballot. Court of Claims Judge Stephen Borello said Tuesday there's nothing unconstitutional about a time limit on petition signatures. A group called the Michigan Comprehensive Cannabis Law Reform Committee submitted 354,000 signatures, apparently enough to get marijuana on the ballot. 
but the board of state canvassers in June said more than 200,000 were collected outside a 180-day period, a decision that left the group short of enough names. The judge says the Secretary of State's office and other defendants have no clear legal duty to count the stale signatures. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Wednesday, August 24, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase and gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. Pay quick. The safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The political climate is at a fever pitch, and the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the Cannabis Liberation Movement takes a huge step forward. And Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the Cannabis Crusade. Join us November 8th for Vote 2016, the path to cannabis freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. Reforming America's marijuana prohibition laws takes education, lobbying, and voting. From Washington, D.C. to your state capitol to your city hall, marijuana law reform involves all levels of civic life. Learn how you can make your impact with elected officials as we take a look at our government at work. Go back to Seattle Hemp Fest where Carrie Boyder takes the main stage. Carrie Boyder is a longtime criminal justice reform advocate a member of the Seattle Hemp Fest Speakers Committee and the Democratic nominee for the Montana Legislature in House District 44, putting her rock where her talk is. Give it up for Carrie Boyder! Give it up for Seattle Hemp Fest, 25 years! Woo! Thank you, Vivian. Thank you to the volunteers. Thank you to Danica for that awesome introduction. Couldn't have asked for better. I'm Carrie Boyder. I am a homegrown Montana girl, and I am running for the Montana Legislature in House District 44. Uh, as Vivian mentioned, I'm a long-term, long-time criminal justice reform advocate. I've done grassroots organizing. I've been a policy analyst. And most importantly to me, I've been an advocate for federal defendants who are facing lengthy mandatory minimum sentences for being state legal cannabis providers. That's kind of how I got my start in activism. 
And the reason why I'm up here speaking is because I'm running in a battleground state in Montana. And right now, actually on August 31st, 12 days from now, they're about to implement restrictions that were put into place by the 2011 legislature, but have been put on hold for five years. We fought in the courts to try to keep them from taking effect. And these restrictions would make it so that a caregiver can only provide for two patients. And so that doctors who uh, recommend to patients with 25 or more recommendations a year would be automatically investigated by the Board of Medical Examiners. And so we have a ballot initiative that's made it, and it will be up for a vote again November 8th, even though we've passed medical marijuana by an overwhelming 62% of the vote in 2006. Um, it's going to go up for a vote again, and so what's going to happen is, even if we pass this law, we're going to have this big gap between August 31st and November 8th, where we're not going to have any access. It's all going to be dismantled. And even if we pass the ballot in November, we could be looking at the same situation with the same legislature who's about to wipe out medical for good. And so I, that's why I decided to take a step up and run for the legislature myself and make sure that some of the conversations that we're having are just a little bit more sane. You know, another big thing that's going on in Montana, we have a private prison. How many of you heard about the DOJ decision to stop using private prisons that came out yesterday? Huge, huge, huge victory. But we need the states to stop using those private prisons. And in Montana, we have a private prison in Shelby. We're a state legal medical marijuana provider, the very first registered caregiver in our state, as a matter of fact, went to serve a five-year mandatory minimum sentence for marijuana, and he made it four months before he died from neglect in that private prison in Montana. And so it's been my goal from when I found out to shut this place down. And as it turns out, their contract is up for renewal for the first time in 20 years in the 2017 legislature. That's why I'm running for office. And I'm running for office so that we can devote resources currently being spent on prisoners, $24,000 a year to incarcerate someone, towards community mental health outcomes and addiction treatment, things that are proven to work for people who actually have serious problems. And so really what's important is that these are citizen legislatures, whether it's Congress or it's your state legislature. These are everyday people that are supposed to make up these legislatures. And what's happened is that over the years, big money has gotten involved, and all of a sudden it's not really a democracy anymore. And part of that is on us. If we're not really willing to step up and run for these offices, how can we expect good representation? So I really encourage you to think about how you can get involved, whether it's running for office yourself, whether it's volunteering for campaigns of candidates that identify with your values, whether it's giving $10, whatever you can to help those people get elected. You know, in my case, I'm not going to get any money from police. I'm not going to get any money from prisons. Big Oil is not going to be funding my campaign, surprise. So I'm really relying on grassroots support, particularly of the cannabis community, my friends, my people, my family here at HempFest to get me elected. And even if you can't give money, you can give time, you can make phone calls from anywhere in the country to help me get elected. You can go to my Facebook page, Friends of Carrie Boyder, like that page, share those posts, help me spread the message far and wide. The more people I have there, the more my opponent sees that this is a network of people who back me up and maybe he should just go on home. You can also endorse my campaign. 
you can give to HempFest. This place is a very unique place where people are able to speak freely about their values. I wouldn't have the experience I have to run for office without what I've done for HempFest and without the support of these people. So give money in the donation buckets. This is a unique place and it's been 25 years and we got 25 years more to go before we have everything we want in policy. So thank you all for your time. Thank you for coming to HempFest. Have a great time. I experimented with marijuana a time or two and didn't inhale. Uh-huh, sure, right. Welcome back, everybody. It's 20 after the hour, and that means it's time for us to take our break. While we do that, we remind you the words of Carrie Boyder that uh, if you can step up and run for office you got a network of cannabis consumers who are going to stand behind you and support you all the way. Let's get more of our people into office. Get some sensible marijuana policies in this country. We're back with New Hampshire State Senate candidate Roger Tilton. Maui Wowie. Acapulco Gold. California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Growing green to generate more green. Talking with multi-cup award winner Maya Elizabeth. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. I've always followed Whoopi, and I think she's fantastic. I've followed her advocacy over the years. Tell me a little bit how you think partnering with a mainstream, high-profile figure actually benefits the cannabis community as a whole. I have infinite respect for Whoopi Goldberg. I wouldn't just partner with any into that kind of thing. I'm into cannabis medicine, and I'm into making quality products that people can find relief from. So to hear that her vision was actually the same, it's been beyond a dream to manifest. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show. Chat is for friends 18 and older. We expect our chat to be civil, mature, and free from excessive profanity. If you don't like these rules, there are approximately 6 billion other chat rooms with lower standards that you can visit. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Forming America's marijuana prohibition laws takes education, lobbying, and voting. From Washington, D.C. to your state capitol to your city hall, marijuana law reform involves all levels of civic life. Learn how you can make your impact with elected officials as we take a look at our government at work. More highlights from the Seattle Hemp Fest with New Hampshire State Senate candidate Roger Tilton. 
Thank you. Who's paying attention today? Who's paying attention? All the way down to the main stage. Who's paying attention? Look at that. That's the classic sign he was talking about. Here's what happened and why I'm here today. On that sign, you see that bright green leaf? I'm a Democrat. I live in New Hampshire. I live in a very Republican district. Democrats don't run candidates for state senate in that district. And I said, wait a second. This is America, right? We don't leave blank spots on the ballot. If we want to make change, what do we got to do? You know what you have to do. You've done it. You're the embodiment of activist, acta, acting up. You're the embodiment of acting up. Look what's happened. Hempfest is 25 years old, and now you can legally use cannabis in the state of Washington. Great job! And you did it. You acted up. You signed a petition. The petitions were verified. It went on the ballot. You voted for it. It became law. Good for you. Yeah. But what about some of these other states like New Hampshire? We don't have a citizen's initiative. We can't sign petitions to make or change laws. We actually have to do something. We have to run for office. So I said to that state party chairman, if you don't have a candidate, I'll put my name on the ballot. Of course, I think once I said I'll put my name on the ballot, he stopped looking for uh, a candidate. And then it got to uh, Labor Day, and we're eight weeks from Election Day, and I thought, wow, I'm running against an incumbent Republican in a very Republican district, a district a Democrat has not won in the 240 years of New Hampshire. So I have nothing to lose. I've worked in Seattle a lot. I've watched the industry grow. I see how it has taken hold. And pretty much everybody's happy. You down there on the trail, are you happy that Hepfest is here? Yeah. Then put a $2 bill in the box or a $5 bill. Okay, so I'm on the ballot. I've got this sign. I'm running for office. Of course, I still lose, but I did get 41% of the vote, which was pretty incredible for a Democrat in an eight-week campaign. So now I'm doing it again. I'm running again, and this time I've had about a six-month head start. Just because we feel so good looking at the mountains and the sound and the sunset and the wafting freedom of marijuana smoke doesn't mean we're done yet. We're not even done here yet. What we can do now from here in Seattle is build and develop this industry so maybe in other states like New Hampshire that are so conservative, live free or die my ass. Huh? Live free or die? What about weed? That's the point. So even though you've done a lot here, I just want to encourage activism. Act, why can't I say that? Act up. Just act up. Like when you were a kid and you were smoking the weed around behind the garage and you didn't want your parents to find you because you were acting up. So my message, give money to Hempfest, lead Hempfest to encourage legalization in other states like mine, and with your help, maybe one of these days, in the not too far distant future, cannabis will be a lot like same-sex marriage. It'll be like, yeah, that's right, that's normal. Normal thing. Normal thing. I'm very happy to be here. I'm going to be here again tomorrow on the main stage. I'm going to be talking about 
how if we talk about the legalization issue as an economic and a jobs and uh, an economic justice and racial justice issue, we might get a little farther a little faster. So I hope you join me tomorrow, 1230 on the main stage. Thank you very much. Roger Tilton running for state Senate in New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire, by the way, has the largest state legislature in the United States, uh, something like 400 and some. <laughs> and keep in mind, there are like 435 representatives in the U.S. House of Representatives. New Hampshire has almost that many in just New Hampshire. <laughs> Good luck to Roger Tilton. Good luck to all the marijuana supporters out there who are running for office. We've got another one coming up at the bottom of the hour. You'll get to hear from Stephanie Hart-Viskovich in Washington State, running in Seattle. But coming up next, we've got our Hemp Day Hump Day update with Doug Fine. So stay tuned. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. How high do you like your profit margin? CannabisRadio.com Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. The Russ Belleville Show, providing dictionaries to drug czars since 2009. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. legalization also ushers in the return of the American hemp industry. Get the latest news from the author of Hemp Bound and Too High to Fail, Doug Fine, in our Hemp Day Hump Day update. Welcome back, everybody. 31 after the hour today for our Hemp Day Hump Day update. We've got Doug Fine in the house. How you doing, Doug? Oh, my gosh, I'm glowing, Russ. It's all good news in the hemp world this week. Oh, I'm sure there's a ton of it, too. So let's uh, let's spare no uh, moment and get right to it. What are you most excited about over these past couple of weeks? 
I guess I'll speak personally first. I'm in the airport now, just heading home after an incredible week. I'm uh, uh, the. I feel like it's a beginner's luck thing. Although my partners uh, in our Vermont hemp co-op are so wonderful, they're not beginners as farmers. I brought the hemp knowledge. They brought the seed oil knowledge. They're former uh, sunflower seed farmers. They got all the processing equipment, so we're kind of looking, sitting pretty on the processing end, and I, we just spent a week in the field. The seeds are starting to form. Some of them are ripe. If you go to my Twitter account, at Organic Cowboy, you can see me popping some fresh seeds and just see this incredible 15-foot plants just going off. 23 acres in Vermont, and uh, three of them are for flowers, so I'm all blistered up from pulling nails in the, uh, <laughs> in the flower side of the operation. Wow. So that's great. One other thing I wanted to mention by way of important news for uh, hempsters out there is the USDA has uh, has uh, said, I mean, it's the obvious, but we should be jumping up and down about the obvious, that hemp can indeed be certified for USDA organic, so that's big news as well. Wow, great developments going on. So the state of Vermont's got the 23 acres growing there. What other states do we currently have hemp growing in? Well, there's... There's now, you know, I think a majority of states, I think we're up to 31 that have some form of hemp legislation. And the way that I look at them now is they're kind of tiers in terms of which are the programs that are, um, I I think, doing the best job for farmers after all, right? We're trying to create a living for farmers who are creating a healthy product, healing the soil and uh, reinvigorating rural economies. And um, so as I judge them, and this is a fast-evolving situation. I would have answered this question differently two or three years ago, but the best programs right now are the state programs that have the least restrictions to pull on cultivation, even if they don't help the farmers get seed. And the reason is because there is American seed already. Mm -hmm. Last December, in the federal provision, federal law, uh, transfer commerce between state hemp programs is explicitly permitted, or I should say the Justice Department is explicitly prohibited from expending funds to interfere with interstate commerce. There is sort of a footnote to that I'll mention, but just to answer your question, the reason I'm in Vermont, other than that it's beautiful and I like people, is (laughs) it's 25 bucks to get a hemp permit, Mm -hmm. and it's grow all you want, (laughs) as long as it's under .3. Other states are close to that. Colorado has a really, really solid hemp program, plus they're state is moving ahead in official certified uh, seed um, and allowing certified seed to be developed for hemp. That's important for farmers who want to get things like uh, crop insurance and things like that. Um, Oregon's got a good program. Pretty much everybody who applies is accepted. Um, And um, there's been progress on uh, um, sort of um, adjusting nuances in in the Oregon program. Um, So that's the top tier top-tier programs. Those are the ones I really like the best. And of course, Colorado, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Hawaii, there's a bunch of other states where there's real viable hemp programs where people, farmers either are farming in huge quantity. I met a farmer in Kentucky at a conference this week who is cultivating 2,400 acres of hemp this year, which is more than, you know, all of the U.S. cultivated two years ago. Right. Um, so 
there's a lot happening in a lot of states. It's coming on as bigger, bigger than we could have hoped. Well, I've seen in the headlines over the past couple of weeks, New York uh, signed a, a, a bill to uh, expand its hemp program. West Virginia has got some studies coming out on on how much they could raise from hemp. And even looking internationally, uh, Uruguay, uh, which you know famously became the first country to legalize uh, a recreational cannabis, is now turning to hemp because they're not making enough off the recreational cannabis. It's It's amazing how this is taking off worldwide. Yep, and the New York York bill, which is a follow-up to their very sort of baby step bill last year, is great. It's a great development, but the real expansion that's going to help farmers there, and it actually matters because we're looking to expand our acreage uh, in our Vermont project, and we can't do it over the border in New York yet because their their new even their new bill is contingent upon that change we all need in federal law, which is full commercial legalization. Yeah, and and uh, you know, with Uruguay moving on this, uh, they you know they just cite, of course, in Uruguay, uh, they're looking at selling recreational cannabis for a, a buck a gram. So maybe that helps explain why they're so interested in the in the uh, industry of hemp as as a way of making a little bit more money. Yeah, and again, you know, I um, I I don't know that for me personally. I mean, I won't myself and other farmers to be able to make a living for their families for sure. But for me, the goal isn't necessarily the highest prices. You know, there's, there's a, there's a balance, um, there, but the, the reason why I'm really encouraged about growth, um, on all sides of the plant is a study that was conducted, uh, recently by the big Canadian producers, uh, the recently emerged hemp oil Canada and Manitoba harvest that shows that in the U S market saturation for hemp, do you have a guess? What, how many, what percentage of American homes have some kind of hemp product according to their, according to their study, Russ? If we're including like, you know, lotions and, and all that kind of stuff, then I, I don't know, maybe yeah. 15%? Yeah. I would have guessed something like that or even higher. It's 0.5%. Oh, wow. 99.5% of the market still has to be wow. reached for hemp. So there is for growth. And so folks listening out there who are in this industry support, there's no such thing as a competitor yet. We have not even begun to scratch the surface of the market and how big it's going to be. Mm, no kidding. And and we're finding uh, more and more of these industrial uses. I was uh, I was turned on to this article uh, out of uh, Alaska, out on the uh, Kenai Peninsula, and they had uh, Dave Schmidt, who's the uh, chief operating ops officer of a North Carolina-based industrial hemp manufacturing. He was up there in Alaska giving a presentation on how uh, hemp fibers – uh, an absorb could be an absorbent uh, for oil spills, uh, and talked about how that could uh, be a, a helpful application. Yeah, it's amazing. I've seen some people uh, now that are using just their extra fiber, their extra straw, basically, um, just lining their uh, livestock corrals with it, and it matches down into this kind of antimicrobial powder, uh, uh, a powder. So there's sort of there's incredible, and you know. Again, it's it, it sounds less astonishing when you think. Of course, we've co-evolved with the plant and and bred in qualities that are beneficial over ten thousand years of use. It'd be the amazing thing would be if we didn't do it. I mean, it's kind of fortunate that there's one plant that's so dang useful on so many so many fronts. But um, ten thousand years is a long time to to develop a plant. You know, we developed the golden retriever pretty specifically over just a couple hundred years. So yeah, um, I, I'm. I'm less and less surprised. Um, I also want to say one thing about small steps 
that appear to be small steps backwards. Um, I'll give a couple of examples. After the first, uh, and as, I, as, as far as I know, there are only two, the first two USDA organic certifications that were issued for hemp crops through third-party certifiers, the USDA issued a sort of yield sign, a sort of, uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we're not sure about this. People in the, in the, in the hemp community were, you know, I guess understandably kind of flipping out about it. And my take was, give me a break. This is just one of these speed bumps. <laughs> like, just my message to listeners is don't tolerate bad policy. And literally just two or three months later, today or yesterday, the USDA said, oh, yeah, okay, it's cool. You can, you can <laughs> certify crops, uh, hemp crops. So um, similarly, there was a, 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 just an awful, awful, unforgivable letter issued uh, last week signed by U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack that was explicitly non-binding. They're like, this doesn't mean anything. This letter is not binding, but we just want to tell you what we think right now. Okay. And in it are several statements, and, and evidently it was a, supposedly a joint consultation with uh, USDA and DEA, but it was, as I read it, it was only signed by, by the Ag Secretary. Um. In, there were several of the, I don't know, dozen or so points in this letter that were completely in conflict with federal law, that our representatives have done the job of getting into federal law to support our program. So, for instance, I told you what's really cool is last December, um, great work by the likes of Earl Blumenauer or Mitch McConnell, those types of hemp supporters, getting a provision in a big spending bill that said, hey, Justice Department, you can't mess with interstate commerce amongst, amongst hemp programs. Mm-hmm. This letter says, we think transfer of seeds between states is illegal. <laughs> it's like, well, you're, you're wrong, and, but the, wor- the worst part about it isn't wrong. I mean, it's sad that someone maybe is going to have to defend this in court and, and stuff it and stuff it, but it just is, what's angering to me about that kind of thing, but first of all, do your research and know your own federal law, Yeah, because you, you work for us. Yeah. Um, secondly, this crop is only good and to be arbitrarily making statements that are anything other than supportive of what everyone knows is an awesome thing for the strength of the country. Hemp is listed in the national security, I think you probably know this, Russ, national security preparedness plan, like in times of emergency crops that need to be stockpiled. Hemp is included in that list. You can look it up. I wrote about it in Hemp Found. It's easy to find. And to have these yeah. counterproductive statements um, is extremely angering. But, again, it's one of those things where I read that and said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing because there's only one destination, which is a massive hemp industry, and we're getting there. Yeah. It, it seems like uh, the government, also these uh, executive branch uh, agencies, whether it be Department of Justice, Department of Ag, you know, we saw the same situation with the Rohrbacher Farr Amendment when they said you can't spend, it was a spending bill, you can't spend money at the Department of Justice, the DEA, to go raiding medical, state legal medical marijuana. And they came back and said, oh, yeah, but we don't really think that's what it means. And of course, you know, Dana Rohrbacher is saying, look, I wrote the damn thing. I'll tell you what it means. <laughs> and it took a court decision finally this last week to, you know, uh, smack that down. It looks like we're probably going to have to have a similar court battle and court decision to get around on the hemp spending. I think that that's right. I mean, um, I, I think it's exactly the same mentality. It's just a bit um, inexplicable to me. It's, it's uh, you know, I, for me, life gets a little bit, 
more sort of easy moralistically to teach when you have young sons as I do. And it's sort of like there's right and there's wrong in a lot of cases. And it's, uh, it's just, it's, I'm, I want to just chew someone's ear off for putting, putting out a document like that. But in the end, it's yeah, in the end we win. So. Well, there's a, a new story up on the wall street journal. It was just posted five hours ago and it's the commodity futures trading commission that has approved the first exchange for hemp derivatives. Uh, there's going to be a, a hemp derivatives market trading market, futures market, uh, I guess, based in Chicago. Uh, have you heard of this or any developments uh, relating to this? Yeah, I met those guys at the NOCO Hemp Expo last year. And, you know, that's terrific. There's a lot of guys working on this type of thing for all the forms of cannabis. Um, and that's fine. You know, listen, Russ, I, uh, personally, I'm working towards regionalizing and localizing the economy. You know, like we, we've got, we here is, forgive me for this big picture philosophizing here, but we, we, um, as humanity have reached this point where, um, we realize that for all the good, uh, that the development, uh, of the 20th century allowed long lifespans and all that, it's not, um, environmentally sustainable. We're killing ourselves. Yeah. And uh, part of that is the facelessness of the economy. The fact that, that when you invest in a stock, it has nothing to do with the uh, Indonesian community where the copper is coming from or whatever. And so for me, for my money, for my investments, I only want to put things forth that I feel uh, are going to be uh, regenerative and are going to be good for the long-term planet. I'm all for making a living for my family. I'm not about, you know, turning this into Cambodia in the 70s. I'm talking about... <laughs> Just make a few switches that keep it regenerative. So for me personally, I don't know that such a decision is going to really affect my life. But nonetheless, anything that legitimizes the cannabis, uh, the cannabis plant in any way is good. Oh, absolutely. Well, Doug Fine, you're, you're headed back. You're in the airport right now. Headed back to the goat ranch, are you? That is right. I can't wait to go see the family. And they're, by the way, going to come at harvest time in Vermont. This was just a, they needed my hands there to pull the males and uh, give an opinion on when the seed's going to be ready for uh, for combining. All right. Everybody check out Doug Fine on Twitter. He's at Organic Cowboy. You can also check out the website, DougFine.com. Isn't that correct? That is it, Russ. And uh, another another awesome hemp day hump day. Can't wait for the next one. All right. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, have yourself a safe flight. Tell the pilot to uh, do well. <laughs> we'll do things. I always love it when the people <laughs> say, have a safe flight. I'm like, really? It's not up to me. <laughs> like, there's nothing I can do about it, really. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> we'll see you, Doug. Talk to you next couple weeks. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Have a safe flight. Well, I, I was just kind of sitting there eating my eight pretzels, but I'll uh, I'll do what I can. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Good to speak with Doug, making his way back to the goat ranch in New Mexico. When we come back from break, we'll have our final segment of hour one, our third pro-marijuana candidate and our second dyed-in-the-wool marijuana activist, Stephanie Hart Viscovich, running for office in Washington out of a district in Seattle. She's next. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network. 
as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. It's time to Hemp Resent. With Inadina Stanger. I say to you with all the fervor of my soul that God intended men to be free. Rebellion against tyranny is a righteous cause. And I believe that with every ounce of my soul, we are fighting a righteous cause because people need nature. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Sweet sativa! You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Each year on my birthday, every American gets a cupcake. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks, and round necks. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. Reforming America's marijuana prohibition laws takes education, lobbying, and voting. From Washington, D.C. to your state capitol to your city hall, marijuana law reform involves all levels of civic life. Learn how you can make your impact with elected officials as we take a look at our government at work. We go back to Seattle Hemp Fest with Stephanie Hart Viscovich for Washington State Senate. Good day, tokers and tokens and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ backstage at the Seedley stage on a Saturday awaiting... The momentous event of 420. If you've never been to 420 on Seeley Stage, I highly recommend it. Of course, I do most things highly. Joining me backstage here, we've got Stephanie Viscovich. I'm so happy to see you because for so long we've been doing these events, doing these hemp fests, and urging people to get out there and run for office. And here you are doing it. Tell people the position you're running for, Stephanie. Uh, I am running for state representative in Seattle. State representative in Seattle. Which particular district if there's some voters out there? It is the 46th legislative district. It pretty much covers um, from the University of Washington area and most of the western region of Lake Washington up to Juanita. Okay. So uh, running for this uh, position, what's it been like for you? Have you ever run for office before? I have never run for office before. My um, political background has mostly been a citizen lobbyist uh, for the cannabis community. So, you know, one day I just got a wild hair and said, I have to do this. I have to stand up. I have to get involved. Nobody else is going to do it for me. So let's just do it. What the heck? I made a phone call to another fellow activist of mine, friend of mine, and uh, said, hey, 
when is the window of opportunity open to actually file as a candidate if you wanted to get involved? And he says, oh, well, you're lucky. This is a Thursday afternoon. He says it opens next Monday. Yeah. You've got four days to file. Wow. So I think you made up your mind at the right time. I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. So I literally only had four days to prep yeah. <laughs> going into all of this. So luckily, like being involved in the cannabis industry, you don't get a manual or a guide to tell you how to uh, operate or move or maneuver. So you have to think on your toes a lot. And uh, in politics, it's no different. Uh, You never know what's going to happen. Things are changing all of the time. And as a first-time candidate, it's, you know, allowed me to enter it uh, very with a flexible perspective and saying, okay, well, this is a, a huge learning curve for me. And first and foremost, this is about the people. Um, it's about the people that I represent in my legislative district, not necessarily huge corporations, right? And that was a huge uh portion of what got me inspired to run because as a lobbyist last year I went down to Olympia for the Viper Pack and I was literally turned away from certain state representatives offices I will not say who but because we did not have enough funding they said come back when you've got more money (laughs) and I said are you freaking kidding me not only am I a lobbyist but I'm a constituent and I'm a voter yeah do you realize how how ridiculous this is so you know as a getting D minus for ethics in Olympia, I, I figured, okay, well, I'm going to take my uh, my skills as a good Samaritan. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to do this. It's not an easy job, but somebody's got to do it. And, you know, I really care about my community, the, the cannabis community specifically. I've been calling them my canna family for years. Yes. Um, but it goes so much further beyond that. And this has put me in a, a very public light to where I'm getting approach from different advocacy groups um, and I'm getting the opportunity to learn about all of these dif- different subject areas in the community and uh, you know that's a really cool thing to, yeah. to be able to do what you can to help out to make sure that the people are taken care of and heard first and foremost yeah how, how is it uh, running for office and, and working to gain the support of this cannabis industry uh, as far as how much they can be associated with you I mean aren't there you know, restrictions in Washington law that prevent this, or is there any problems for them to endorse you in any way? No, actually, I can accept endorsements from just about anybody. Um, I did receive a complaint from my opposing, uh, well, the incumbent, which the incumbent, is, okay. which is uh, Jerry Paulette. You know, he, he filed with the PDC. You know, I know she's got a lot of support from the cannabis community. Can she accept campaign contributions from people who are not? Uh, either filed with the Secretary of State because that doesn't seem likely or what, so on and so forth. But at this point in time, with 502 implemented, most of the current existing businesses are licensed with the Secretary of State. And so if you if you wanted to, you can make a business contribution, but individuals can also make contributions as well. So gladly okay. accepted it. There, where there's a will, there's a way, you know. Well, there, you know, a lot of the reporting coming out of Washington State uh, in the wake of uh, Senate Bill 50. A lot of people are really uh, concerned about the effects on the medical community and how that's being integrated into recreational. What are your plans, after you win, of course, uh, to make changes and to improve the situation? Awesome. Well, they tell you not to make promises, but in in a, a perfect world, what I would like to see 
is better access for patients. Um, they redefined what medical marijuana really is in Washington State after 5052 was implemented, which is anything less than 0.3% THC. So it's medical so long as it's not marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> and the catch-22 on that is with all of these recreational stores, it has to be at least 0.3% or higher THC by volume to even sell it at a 502 store. So, you know, it's ridiculous to think that we have these medically endorsed recreational stores selling or offering medical cannabis to patients because by law they can't even uh, provide it, nor can they provide them advice. And, you know, there's all of these loopholes that are happening with the Department of Health and, you know, here's these certificates on how to guide people on what to purchase by not really giving them any advice. Right. You know, so there's a, a lot of work to do still. And I think getting somebody, you know, on the front lines in politics who really comprehends what's going on from a scientific level, who's had a lot of experience with patients in the community, and to see people struggle with all of the bureaucracy loopholes and, and hoops that they have to jump through. Yeah. to get a, a business going that's even profitable, you know, I'd like to see those things change so more mom-and-pop shops can survive. And I'd like to see people be able to grow in their backyard and have it be no big deal, too. You know, it, it, there just needs to be more access all around. It's all about freedom. But we got to bring a little bit of integrity to the process. And right now, you know, that's lacking. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Miskovich is running for state representative in Washington State. And uh, tell people how they can help your campaign. Awesome. Well, endorsements are great. Uh, social media is huge. If you have the ability to get onto Facebook and go to Stephanie Hart Miskovich for state representative and like my page and share it with other people who are fellow cannabis supporters, that would be wonderful. Um, support and just getting viewed by the community is huge. Also, campaign contributions are huge, too, because you cannot run a political campaign without money, and I hate asking people for money. So, I mean, if you want to donate, that's fantastic. I'm here live at HempFest. I've got a booth. I'm at 494. We're doing an I've Got Five on it uh, campaign contribution. So if anybody really feels jazzed about getting candidates into office that are green-friendly, that support the cannabis movement full-heartedly, and you've got $5 to throw down, um, we are doing an I've Got Five on it campaign. So come by, see us. We're at 494, right next to the main stage and next door to the Leafly booth. Right on. So look for the Leafly booth. It'll be right nearby there on the main stage area and uh how cool would it be folks to be able to vote for somebody you like somebody instead of the oh i hate the other guy i better vote no you can vote for someone who's on our side someone who's one of us i can fully attest that you are 100 in the tribe thank, thank you. you so much uh and it's so loud behind us i want to make sure that we get this through so stephanie ph or f ph i or ie ie heart ea or a ea viscovich <laughs> V-I-S-K-O-V-I-C-H Correct, it's on your button Just like too. it's spelled, just like it sounds yeah. Viscovich Viscovich Stephanie P-H-A-N-I-E Heart, H-E-A-R-T Viscovich V-I-S-K-O-V-I-C-H You got it now Got it I feel like I just won Jeopardy or <laughs> Wheel of Fortune, I think Can I buy a vowel? Wheel of Fortune <laughs>
All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we got to go, Stephanie, and thank you so much for being here with us. Absolutely. And good My luck pleasure. in your campaign, and uh, anything I can do to help, I'm here for you. Thank you. All right. Back to Seattle Hemp Fest. This weed is not going to smoke itself. Oh, that's right, and we certainly got that weed smoked. Stephanie Miskovich running for state representative, not state senator. My apologies. But uh, running for state representative in Washington State, and she's been there through all the hemp fests, through all the medical marijuana uh, activism and everything. She'd be a great state representative. Check her out, Stephanie Hart Viscovich. Just put Stephanie Hart into Google. You'll probably find her. V-I-S-K-O-V-I-C-H. Viscovich. That's all the time we got for hour one. Stay tuned for hour two. We got more of these Seattle Hemp Fest highlights, including Jeff Eichen from Wifers the Movie, the Seattle Band Furniture Girls with an 80s cover, Joy Beckerman with Washington Hemp Information, and the one and only Madeline Martinez. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down to earth. It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Or you can tell. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Portland, Oregon, at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the enema man and Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome. It's Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio. Glad to have you here. It's a beautiful Wednesday, and we are continuing our look back at the Seattle Hunt Fest last weekend, the 25th anniversary. We've got more highlights, more speeches, more interviews all week long, and other great guests that will be joining us live on the show. Coming up on tomorrow's show... 
In our Cops Say Legalized Drugs segment, we've got former prosecutor Teresa Smallwood, and then on Friday joining us, very special guest Maya Elizabeth from the company Whoopi and Maya, as in Whoopi Goldberg and Maya Elizabeth, making menstrual marijuana products. That's what they're called now, menstrual marijuana products. I think that's a pretty good name there. We'll learn all about that uh, from Maya Elizabeth on Friday's show, and then... uh, All new shows next week as well, uh, leading into the Labor Day weekend. So enjoy. We're also, uh, I'll be spending a lot of time over the next week or so getting the RadicalRust.com site rebuilt. Just getting some of the details finalized and uh, we'll tackle that this weekend and see what we can get uh, accomplished over the 72 hour period that I'll have. Thank you for your patience in waiting for that. We appreciate that. It is difficult sometimes getting this all taken care of on my own, let me tell you. And uh, we've got other events coming up. Next month, we will be in Boston for the Boston Freedom Rally. So really looking forward to that event as well, meeting up with all the East Coast activists. And, of course, coming up all the way on November 8th, not too soon to start planning for it, our epic Six hour long, at least six hours, uh, coverage of Marijuana Election Night 2016. The most incredible Marijuana Election Night coverage of my broadcasting career. We've got 10 states that will be voting on statewide initiatives. 10. We just got Oklahoma added. Although it's not, it's not a, a done deal yet. They got 2,000 more signatures than they needed, and now it goes to the Oklahoma Supreme Court to determine if they indeed got 2,000 more signatures. The way I read this is it's kind of like a, like a formality, but it looks like Oklahoma will make, uh, make the ballot. Now, the news story I read on this was a little concerning, though, because there was something in that about only Oklahomans who are aged 25 and older would be able to get medical marijuana. 25? Now, maybe this is based on all that uh, junk science about, uh, oh my God, the brain doesn't start developing until age 25. Like, if you got a sick 17-year-old with cancer, you're really going to be that concerned about whether you shave off a couple IQ points. That's going to be a big concern of yours when your kid is, you know, violently retching from the chemotherapy. Just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But anyway, this Oklahoma initiative... Uh, state question 788, and I'm trying, let's see, yeah, uh, oh no, 18, uh, here's, here's the actual ballot title. This measure amends the Oklahoma state statutes. A yes vote legalizes the licensed use, sale, and growth of marijuana in Oklahoma for medicinal purposes. A license is required for use and possession of marijuana for medicinal purposes and must be approved by an Oklahoma board certified physician. The State Department of Health will issue medical marijuana licenses if the applicant is 18 years or older. 18 years of older? No. 18 years or older and an Oklahoma resident. A special exemption will be granted to an applicant under the age of 18. However, these applications must be signed by two physicians and a parent or legal guardian. The department will also issue seller, grower, packaging, transportation, research, and caregiver licenses. Individual and retail businesses must meet minimum requirements to be licensed to sell marijuana to licensees. The punishment for unlicensed possession of permitted amounts of marijuana for individuals who can state a medical condition 
is a fine not exceeding $400. So they're also going to decrim unlicensed possession of of marijuana, basically a a kind of an affirmative defense. I imagine this might work well for out-of-state patients who get caught in Oklahoma, and if they've got, uh, you know, because they wouldn't have any permitted amount, right? Oklahoma's going to allow you to have, what, three ounces or whatever it is. But if you're a Californian or you're an Oregonian, you got your card, you're busted in Oklahoma, I imagine that would be your ability to state a medical condition. So maybe that's decrim for medical marijuana patients. I'll have to do some more research on that. That's the way it reads to me. There's also going to be a 7% sales tax uh, imposed on medical marijuana. I, I don't understand this wanting to legalize a medicine for extremely sick people and then taxing it. The money you're going to save off these people not using state services is where you reap your benefits, not by taking it out of their pockets. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line, Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. a package here for Radical Rick. Is there a Radical Rick here? How about a Rick Russ? Any any Rick Russ? Somebody named Freddie Brock has sent him a package. Anybody? What is that? Sounds like a stuff. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. Ten after the hour, we continue with our look back at Seattle Hemp Fest. I was backstage at the Sealy stage when I ran into Jeff Eichen. He's a filmmaker, and he's behind a project called Lifers the Movie. 
So I want you to check that out. Lifersthemovie.com is the website to learn more about it. And we address the, uh, the need to free our marijuana POWs. Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here backstage at Sealy Stage on day two of the 25th anniversary Seattle Hemp Fest. And I've run into Jeff Eichen. He's the man behind Lifers, the true stories told by people in prison for life for their belief in marijuana. Jeff, welcome to the show. Yeah, now it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Ha, 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 ha. So I go all the way back to hip-hop and Grandma- right. Grandmaster Flash for a long time, and I've been in this world with Jack Herrera. He wrote the, the book with Ellen Comp in my living room. Wow. That was the revision. And so I told Jack when he gave me $301 bills to fly to Sacramento with the Hemp Initiative, I flew it in with khaki pants and an alligator shirt, and I walked right in the state capitol in Sacramento and passed off what is now medical marijuana legalization. They were too stoned to bring it in, and it was going to be late the next day. <laughs> Somebody has to be on time. So I've been in it a long time, and I told Jack before he died, I'm not going to die myself without having one more prisoner left in jail. So as everybody's doing their medical, everyone's doing their their recreational, and they're doing uh, they're trying to grow hemp for paper and fabric and paper fiber and fuel here in America. I'm going inside to tell the story of our prisoners, our moms and our dads and our brothers and our sisters that are locked away for no freaking reason at all. And global prohibition has to end. It never worked on alcohol. That's absolutely right. Lifers, uh, it's lifersthemovie.com. And, you know, our, our opponents, they like to spin this fantasy of, oh, nobody goes to jail for marijuana, they get a slap on the wrist, they get probation, nobody's really... And the few that were in there, well, they pleaded down. They were big bad guys, and they pleaded down. Uh, can you debunk that for us? The freaking war on drugs uh, started way back when, and uh, the Clinton administration and the Nixon administration weren't any good for us. Um, you know, when we went to Iraq, it was collateral damage for your son that died. So a lot of this stuff is so bogus, and it's three strikes, you're in. Yeah. Three strikes, you're in. And it's really true because Jeff Mazansky and George Monterano are going to be at our our gala opening tonight, everybody, at the Seattle Film Institute, and we're just going to show our film. Um, I've been working on it for 100 hours to do my first cut, and I don't claim to be a filmmaker. I'm a photographer by heart and trade, and yet I'm going to tell the story and do the best I can journalistically to let these people have a voice. Yeah, Jeff Mazansky, 22 years in Missouri. Uh, George was, what, 33? 33. And I have this... Uh, and George told me last night he was five years in solitary. He says, oh. you want to break down? Go dark. Yeah. I wear this medal that was given to me by Robert Platshorn, who did 29 years. And at the time, that was the longest-serving nonviolent offender. And sad to say, that's a record that gets broken. Well, the thing is with me is I'm going to go inside. I'm going to get to Obama, whether he's in office or not. He's still trying to deal with nonviolent criminals. And all of the brothers and sisters come up to me and say, you're just talking about whiteys for pot. And I said, no, I'm going to talk about your brother and crack if he didn't have a gun. And if it was nonviolent, I want him in my movie. I want to represent all of them. I want reform. There have been uh, a series of commutations by the Obama administration for many offenders who got very little in the crack days. Very little of them have been plant prisoners. Right. Like I was going to say, 200, I think it was 216 in the last release, and four of them were marijuana only. 
And so we're blessed for that. We'll take it. But the but the bottom line is, if you go to a- Amy Pova with Can Do Clemency, she'll tell you, and Beth Curtis will tell you how many are in there, and Beth Curtis's brothers in there. And so we just have to get busy. And through film, my film, Lifers, everybody, LifersTheMovie.com, through film, we are going to prove, show, and share with children and the universe because film can reach millions. And if I get Woody Harrelson, here you listen to me, Woody. If you're out there and your film company will take this, because I know you're a hamster, and Willie will come on board, Bill Maher will come on board, Snoop Dogg will come on board, and if we get all these people, I already interviewed Tommy Chong, and if everybody will come on board and shovel me the the, uh, the ability, I'm not asking for gobs amounts of dough to go in my pocket, I want to give restitution to these men that got 12 cents an hour for 20 years. Yeah, uh, people are so unaware of that uh, that whole slave labor aspect of this uh, prison industrial complex, uh, and, and how you want it's incentivization to bust the cannabis consumer because we're reliable good people that you can put to work it's just sad reform clemency restitution absolutely free the prisoners free the plant everybody chant it for your kids chant it out loud take it with you no more trees for paper everybody just get on the bandwagon listen to russ he's going to tell you like it is and and i worked with ed rosenthal and jack Herrera for my whole life down in la and they were doing exactly what you're doing brother and i love you thank you man and i'm glad to meet you i haven't ever like bumped into you and i'm so you know, you're articulate, I'm articulate, but it doesn't mean anything if we can't get the word out to the right. regular folk. Exactly. And and movies like this, uh, lifersthemovie.com, are going to help. And you said you have a premiere tonight. Give people the details on that if they're... The premiere tonight is at the Seattle Film Institute, and we're going to have Jeff Mazansky and ex-lifers there. We're going to have Dr. Parthenia Grant and her sidekick there, um, Morgan, and we're going to, um, from L.A., she's a spiritual talk host, and get the spiritual side to this whole reform thing. She, she also does not um, uh, believe truly, wholeheartedly in the marijuana scheme. She wants reform for the whole system and she says that people don't get reformed in jail right jail's a lousy rehab and so it's going to be a, a, a gala tonight we'll have music there we'll have um interviews we're having the green carpet instead of the red carpet and we're going to have lights and camera wear green come on down 8 to 11 tonight everybody i'm psyching myself up this is my first debut and um I'm not a filmmaker, but maybe I am, and we'll see. Everybody can grade me and have a great time and get the word out through film. We can reach millions, not just hundreds. Looking forward, is there going to be more uh, screenings of the film that you're aware of? We're doing six episodes. Episode number two is about the children and the families, okay. how they're affected. So people can't, if they miss this screening, will they be Oh, yes. We're going to start to do other festivals, and we're going to try to get in, into Canna, Canna Films or Canna... Okay. Canacon, whatever, whatever it is, and and I'm not going to stop. I'm going to let this thing fly, and um, and we may put it online. If we put it online, don't shoot the messenger. If we ask for a donation to watch it, because that's going to go to the cause. Right on. Lifersthemovie.com will give you all the, inst- the all the uh, information you need. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter, and uh, email J Iken. That's J E I C H E N at anet.net 
Bravo. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to be a warrior. It's a pleasure to be um, speaking out. It's a pleasure 25 years at Hempfest. I've been 40 years at the Oregon Country Fair. Oh, wow. So I met Ken Kesey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, baby. Uh, we're still <laughs> on this bus. Jerry's gone and Ken's gone, but we have to do what we're doing, you and I, brother. Right on. It's so important to look me in the eyes and to say, hey, you know, and, to, and we're in the skin. Right on. We're going to get this changed in... We don't stop until nobody's punished for a plant. Well, I want to end prohibition in my lifetime, and I want to help to do it by film because then we can send just our film to everybody. They can sit and watch it in their leisure or be in a room full of important people that need to hear this message. And I want to go to Israel and get the Israeli people that are that are studying the CBD aspect. Yeah. Yeah, great research going on. Everybody is, is, is on it, but we just we just lost Schedule 1 again. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I... I, I, the more people I talk to about it, it's just uh, the, the, the scheduling system and the way the laws are set up are just not going to recognize the plant. We have to go completely around it. We've got to deschedule. Well, the deal is is that nobody beat their wife up on pot, but alcohol's legal. What's wrong with this picture? Yeah. You know, you drink a drink, a drink, a drink, a drink, a drink, and then you get angry, and you smoke and smoke and smoke, and you get sexy. Yeah. <laughs> or you get the munchies, the munchies, or you go to sleep. You get taken out. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the byproduct, everybody. Um, the plant does wonderful miracles. Jack Herrera said paper fiber fuel. I say medicine and food now. And I just met Baby Landon a few minutes ago. I took a walk, and all of a sudden I hit Baby Landon, and Landon had cancer and his mom is leader of the canna moms and all these children are releasing their cancer through cbd oils and 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 good extraction so get clean stuff when you have cancer everybody find your source and and don't stop and don't let anybody tell you no you need chemo right on jeff eichen it's lifersthemovie.com thanks so much for sitting down and continuing the fight our movie, it. our movie is chemo. It's 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 CBD movie, and and I just want to infuse everybody with it. And um, I'm the other side. Everybody's on the outside, playing, making their millions, doing this and that. I don't mind any of that. But being on the inside, my heart just broke open this morning when I was reading my speech to myself, and I just said, I am doing it. And I looked. My dad came down and touched me on my shoulder. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. We're going to return to the Seattle Hemp Fest. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. All right, folks, it's 420 here in the Pacific Time Zone. Time for us to take our union-mandated safety briefing. And uh, while we do so, we got some music from the Seattle Hemp Fest, a local Seattle band called Furniture Girls. They usually do original music, but they did give us one short cover from the main stage at Seattle Hemp Fest with Cindy Lopper's famous tune, Shiba.
We're Furniture Girls. We'll be out here milling around. Please come talk to us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Hemp Fest. Thanks, Lion Pride. We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. Day. Just can't remember what it is. Why'd I come in here? This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. 25 after the hour. Hope you had yourselves a great break. In this next segment, we spoke with Joy Beckerman, who won a special award from the Seattle Hemp Fest for her work in getting an industrial hemp law passed in Washington State. Which is kind of surprising since they've had medical marijuana since 1998 and recreational marijuana since 2012. Only now have they gotten around to legalizing hemp. And if you thought legalizing marijuana meant hemp was legal, Joy's going to explain to you all of the little pitfalls in that line of thinking. One of my good friends from Seattle Hemp Fest last weekend, this is Joy Beckerman. Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ backstage. Day three of the 25th anniversary Seattle Hemp Fest. And I have the Seattle Hemp Fest honoree this year. Joy Beckerman is joining us. Beyond humbled. Told that Vivian he could have given that award to me alone in a room by ourselves. And it would have meant just the very same thing. That was an incredible honor. What is the official title of it? I didn't catch that. Amen. No, it's called the Excellence in Regional Cannabis Activism of the Year Award. I see. And a lot of this has to do with your activism in getting Washington to finally... After legalizing recreational cannabis, to finally get around to legalizing industrial hemp. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> and, you know, back in the 90s, we predicted, actually, that that would happen, that it would take marijuana to sort of blow the doors down for industrial hemp. Now, while it didn't in some other states, um, it did here. So while we have 13 million square feet of legal canopy of marijuana growing here in the state. It better have 0.3% THC in it. Uh, it has to have at least 0.3%. We d- have not yet planted an actual legal industrial hemp plant since prohibition here in the state uh-huh. of Washington. So those gorgeous hemp plants that you see in the Hemposium tent uh, yes. at Seattle Hemp Fest this year, that is an act of civil disobedience. Those are actually not legal hemp plants. We're in our rulemaking process now. I'm very pleased to be a part of that for the 2017 growing season. Wow. So right now, plants in the Hemposium aren't, won't get you stoned enough to be legal. 
And they will so not get you stoned that you will, in fact, get a headache. They do go the other way, as yeah. people, to, much to most folks' chagrin. My, go- my goodness, if you're going to have cannabis plants here, they better get somebody high. <laughs> Indeed. And something you'd appreciate, Russ, and these emails, of course, will go in the archive and we'll all be able to laugh at them once this insane issue of point three, which, of course, we both know uh, painfully well is not based in science, goes yeah. away. So we've had folks wanting to grow hemp so badly uh, in the state of Washington that I've been forwarded emails that are like, what should I do? This is what the Liquor Cannabis Board said. Um, and they would send an email to the Liquor Cannabis Board say, hey, can I get a marijuana? Like, I'm willing to get a 502 marijuana license right. at to grow industrial hemp. Yeah. So the response has gone back. This is prior to our legislation. Industrial hemp is a Schedule One controlled substance in the state of Washington. Anything below 0.3% THC in cannabis is a Schedule One controlled substance in the state of Washington, and it is neither legal nor regulated by the Liquor and Cannabis Board, and the Washington State Department of Agriculture is not issuing licenses because it hasn't been legalized. So why not take advantage of that? Because I've heard hemp growers complain about the 0.3 limit, saying it doesn't allow the hemp plant to have as much protection from UV and stuff like that. Uh, So why not get the license and grow 0.5% and be legal and have stronger hemp at that. You wouldn't be able then to participate in really what is the number one. I'm so glad you asked this question because it gets to the big heart of the issue, which is infrastructure is really what we need here. So then we wouldn't be able to participate, particularly in this state where in our legislation, we're prohibited from collecting the plant material for phytocannabinoid extraction. So the first industry that the uh, budding uh, brand new reintroducing level of uh, industrial hemp crop is going to go in is human consumption. And so in order to enter that human consumption market, which is ginormous, it absolutely must be under 0.3. And and frankly, well under 0.3, because once we get into volume of, let's say, beautiful cold-pressed oil, we don't want parts per million to sneak above. We don't want anyone to test positive in a a workplace drug test, so on and so forth. So, And that's the first industry that we can access because we have actually seed pressing infrastructure already set up in most states, and that's certainly true of Washington. And then even what we call uh, meat seed meal cake uh, processing infrastructure already set up and and I'll just quickly add to that that what I mean by seed meal is after we press that oil, cold press that oil, that seed, what's left over is something called seed cake. And it still has a teeny bit of oil left in it, but it has the hull and that creamy white nut that's in the middle of it. That's what's left over after they press the seed and it's like pelletized, it comes out. And then we take that and dry it and then crush it up and then we use sifters to create protein powder. Now, I used to think that the protein powder was the hemp seed crushed up. No, that would be a nut butter. It's actually the seed cake left over from the seed pressing, oil pressing, that we mill that and then sift it into different levels of fine grade uh, protein powder all the way down to what we call sort of a coarse ground meal, which is mostly hulls and an incredible source of soluble dietary fiber. And copper and folic acid. Wow, I'm stoned, brother. I could go on. you got to stop me. <laughs> okay, so the, the, to, to, to uh, boil it all down, the hemp has to be below 0.3% because the leading thing we would use it for is human ingestion, and then it has to be below 0.3 for other laws that are built on that because you don't want to test positive and all of that. Can't uh, wait till that whole thing is yeah. removed to hear you regurgitate what I just said back. It's like, ah! 
Yeah. <laughs> go away, point it's three. It's crazy. And then, uh, but and then, if you if you wanted to grow point five under I five hundred two for the stock for the fiber for hempcrete productions or whatever, we just don't really have the infrastructure to handle the result at this point. And because you are a law and policy buff, which is why I, there are many reasons I love you, brother, but you know you're my type, brother, because you're a freaking nerd and a half a with nerd. law and policy. So you'll really appreciate yeah. the response to this. Okay. Actually, no, because once we're at above point three, we're defined as marijuana here, and you wouldn't believe what you got to do with the stocks under the law. Oh, no. Duh, duh, okay. duh, duh. <laughs> now, that <laughs> in terms of disposal, which is they have to be, although I've got some ideas, which I'm actually not going to share with the general public, uh, we do have to render them non-usable somehow by 50%, okay. and there are things we can add to that. Um, but there's a lot of folks wanting to make a legislative change, and frankly, that's just a, a tweak of a legislative change, and one that just needs to be moved up the priority chain. Okay. It's also an environmental travesty. The amount of biomass that 13 million square feet of legal canopy creates of the world's finest cellulose that must be destroyed under the law of the land. It is an environmental travesty. It's unacceptable. I don't think people out there even know that, that uh, when we're producing all of this fine cannabis bud in Washington state, the rest of it, is is the leaf done away with too? Oh, anything that is... Uh, oh, no, they're allowed to use uh, trim. Well, I suppose they just keep what's called the sugar leaf for right, trim, right, right, right? You're talking to the hemp girl, although I'm pretty... I've been around this marijuana thing for a good quarter century and hemp, but but uh, I think that uh, at some point it becomes waste, and the, that same um, RCW, Revised Code of Washington, that governs waste for the stock would govern waste for those okay. fan leaves that are just totally... Nobody wants them. Wow. What a weird setup. Isn't that something? (laughs) Well, we're continuing to move forward. You have uh, done a great job in your activism in getting this law passed. Uh, When will we see a hemp harvest in Washington State? Oh, great question. Um, And I also, very quickly before I answer that question, wanted to say, and who got the excellence for National Cannabis Activism of the Year Award? Our own Rick Steves. Oh, yes. Rick Steves was uh, last, uh, or Friday night. They all start to blend together now. Mm -hmm. And he spoke yesterday on main stage. I got to follow him. Oh, good, Mm -hmm. good. And, and... You know, I always uh, tell people that uh, flip through PBS, look for, look on your guide for Rick Steves Europe, because you're thinking, oh, it's Grandma's show. I don't really care. Load a bowl and watch that show, because you know I'm not uh, the hugest fan of religion, but some of the the architecture and art that you see on his show is you're learning sociology. It's fascinating. It's mind blowing, and and he does. If you watch close, he sneaks in little references to the fact that Europeans are cool as far as cannabis goes. I.e. civil rights. Yeah. yeah. And tolerance. Well done. And those processes. So, uh, but to answer your question, and what we didn't say is, of course, that he is a uh, member of the National Board of Normal, the National yes. Organization for the Reform Marijuana Laws. So go normal because, and we live two miles apart from each other. And he was once Lutheran of the Year. And he was once Lutheran of the Year. He's a he's a fantastically church-going yeah. pot, pot smoker. Absolutely. So to answer your question, though, and thank you for asking it, uh, we certainly hope that the rules process, and by we, I mean the WSDA is just as invested in this and frankly just as excited about this, and we're very blessed that our state legislature actually funded a full-time employee position to coordinate this rules program and she's wonderful and she's an attorney and has three master's degrees and is fantastically open and excited to involve the public in this process so once we get the rules done under our rulemaking process which is very timed and regimented with all of these types of situations not just cannabis um, 
We hope those applications will be out in time for farmers and, and folks interested in participating in our agricultural pilot program because, of course, it's under Section 7606 of the Federal Farm Bill, which is the legitimacy of industrial hemp research. They will complete those applications. Uh, we'll be able to look at them. I shouldn't say we. The state of Washington, certainly, that's specific to the WSDA. Uh, look at them. Issue uh, uh, those who are eligible licenses in enough time to order seeds to put them in the ground for the growing season, in which case we hope that September and maybe even in some cases late August, we will see the very, of 2017, we'll see the very first Washington State hemp harvest. All right. Meantime, I'm headed to Oregon, brother. They're already starting up there. That's right. We are growing in Oregon. So much is happening. Uh, When do we start getting uh, that infrastructure that we need? Well, because you folks in Oregon, unlike in Washington, are not prohibited, thus allowed, to extract the plant material, i.e. the leaves and the buds of the industrial hemp plant for phytocannabinoid extraction, and just to dull that down a little bit, for CBD extraction, cannabidiol extraction, and all of the others, obviously. You're allowed to do that there, and not only are you allowed to do that in Oregon, you have an infrastructure, amazingly, already set up for extraction, as we do here, but we want, we're we not able to access it because our law specifically says you will not be allowed to collect the plant material or extract. As a matter of fact, to, to be specific, it says if it is for topical in, ingestion, inhalation of any kind, only the seeds may be processed. Oh. Yeah, So and, and the WSDA was very clear in writing that. They didn't want any loopholes because they're very clear, like Canada, who was legalized in 1998, and they're not allowed right now. Of course, they're raging against it and really wanting to, that right to get into this sort of low-hanging fruit, amazing market of CBD, um, but they're not allowed in Canada to this day. Uh, that biomass is not to leave the farm. It, it cannot be collected and no phytocannabinoids extracted. So, um, so you're, it, to answer your question, you since you have an extraction infrastructure and you're allowed to extract, boom, it already exists in Oregon, so Yay. bully for you. Right. Um, and then it's, folks are already pressing seed. Cliff Warner, amazing. Uh, Edgar Winters from Natural Good Medicine. Uh, and Cliff Warner, um, that's shit, that's not his name, and I'm so sorry. It's Cliff Thompson. Thompson. Okay, yeah. now I'm just butchering it. Uh, but <laughs> but he... Clay Warner's Marijuana Gateway to Hell. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like a, on Facebook, brother. Um, but he is pressing oil and making his own protein powders. So you guys are doing it, brother. Right. We Love can't it. wait till you can process the stock. None of us can. All the states want to process that stock. That's called decortication, and it's coming. All right. We keep looking forward to that. Joy Beckerman is our hemp expert, one of our many hemp experts that we have here at Lucky. the Seattle Hemp Fest. And we, we're friends, and I've interviewed you so many times that uh, you get to be the victim of the inaugural Radical Russ non-marijuana question of the interview. Are you ready? Oh, my God. I'm bracing myself. Okay. All, not many people can throw me a trick when you fucking can. They're easy. No, they're, these are easy. not meant to be hardball questions or anything like that. Yeah. They're just meant to show that the cannabis community is a broad and diverse community. You are going to the first trip to Mars. You're going to be, you know planting hemp on Mars, let's say, and uh, because you're in a tight capsule, there's a strict weight limit, and uh, you can only take, uh, uh, I mean, memory limit on the uh, the computers and such, and you can only take uh, three albums with you. 
to Mars? Which three albums of music would you take with you? <laughs> this is a variation on the uh, you're stranded on a desert island question. Yes. I figured let's go to Mars. Yes, okay. It, I, it's so immediate. It's like ridiculous. Okay. A Grateful Dead, Working Man's Dead, Bob okay. Marley Legend, okay. and Nobody Judge Me, Motherfuckers, Crosby, Stills, and Nash's Greatest Hits. <laughs> there we go. I love it. <laughs> Joy Berkerman, we're live back here at Seattle Hemp Fest. We got to go because this weed ain't going to smoke itself. <laughs> Earn your PhD in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com. And you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Pod 2.0. It's not your father's Woodstock weed. <laughs> this is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. 40 after the hour. Just winding things up here in hour two and reminding you that coming up at the top of the hour, Stoner Jesus takes over the live stream here at CannabisRadio.com with your not-safe-for-work pot comedy straight from Stoner Heaven. We got one more speech to, or one more discussion to bring you an interview uh, I sat down with Madeline Martinez the founder of Oregon Normal member of the Normal Board of Directors and proprietess of the world famous Cannabis Cafe find out what's going on with Madeline in her life these days Day tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ backstage at the main stage of Seattle Hemp Fest. It's day three, and I've run into my mentor. It's Madeline Martinez, uh, whose CV is too long to even reproduce in the intro. She's she's it all. She's everything to me. How you doing, Madeline? Oh, thank you, Russ. Thank you so much. Um, actually, I've been doing really well. I'm pretty excited, floating on a cloud. I was invited to the Edward M. Institute. Uh, Kennedy, Teddy rather. Kennedy, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Ted Kennedy, exactly. He has an institute for the U.S. Senate, and one of their one part of their mission is to invigorate civil discord. I see. Yes, and I am the per- person for that job. I must say. Yeah, we uh, 
we go back a long ways. I first met Madeline in 2005. How many hemp fests is this for you? How long have you been coming here? You know, I've been coming for probably about 16 years. Going to say around 2001. 2001. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I started coming here because, you know, it's all about weed. Yeah. And I'm all about weed, Russ, and you Absolutely. know this. Absolutely. Madeline's on the Normal Board of Directors. She was the founder of Oregon Normal and, uh, of course, the proprietess of the world-famous Cannabis Cafe. What is next? What's happening in your world? Well, in my world, um, we're working on legislation to make sure that we get the Cannabis Cafe opened again in Portland. We are... Uh, we the. The language has been drafted. We're actually using uh, one of the persons that's drafted it is the person who wrote the exception for hookah and cigar bars in the state of Oregon. Yeah, we have plenty of them. Yes, yes. And uh, the reason currently that the world-famous Cannabis Cafe is closed is because of the Oregon Indoor Clean Air Act. Right. And they feel that it's very toxic for others second and smoke for others to be around. Yes, because tobacco smoke is bad. Uh, cannabis vapor has to be outlawed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no well, sense. you know, they say that the, one of the reasons, as we looked into it, we did some real back, back, back research, and uh, we dug deep, and we found that the police association didn't have to dig too deep for that, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Found out that the the sheriff's association and another association of law enforcement were really concerned with the fact that they could not tell a vapor pen from an e-nail or a yeah, yeah. e-cig from a vapor pen. Yes, exactly. And they were worried about minors consuming. Yeah. And my opinion is is that it's your job to take it away from them and write them a ticket and let them let their parents deal with it. I also don't understand how making having a legal bar where adults are using would make any difference in whether or not kids are concealing a vapor pen. It's not like it's going to make the vapor pens disappear. Exactly. <laughs> they exist you know, now. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, like the war in Iraq, right? <laughs> these people did this, so let's go bomb these folks. <laughs> yeah, I went And I just don't get it. How is that? Why are you in my Kool-Aid? Yeah, you know, exactly. leave us alone. We are doing a legitimate job of making sure that people are 21 and older. Yep. People pay to get into the Cannabis Cafe, so obviously they know where they're going. Yeah. It's not like we're tricking them. Oh, my God, there's cannabis smoke here. Yes. What? <laughs> right. They want to be in secondhand smoke, right? Exactly. And my big concern right now, Russ, is that Oregon, especially Portland, Oregon, is so polluted with arsenic in the air in our, you know, that we breathe every day. Cassium, I think it is. Capium. Capium. Okay. Something like that. And I mean, I don't even know how to say it. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> but it concerns me that they are more focused on getting rid of cannabis cafes where people that are consumers can go in a legal state, where do we go, Russ, yeah. if we don't go to the Cannabis Cafe and we can't smoke in our own apartment because we're in subsidized housing, uh, perhaps grandchildren live in your home, yeah. and many other reasons that you can't consume in your own residence where yeah. we'd all like to. Well, yeah, I'll tell you where they go. They go to the bar and then they go out in the parking lot. And they yeah. light up in their car. They go walk down the alley because I'm that guy yeah. who's done that a million times. Yeah, now that you mention that, Russ and I were able to smoke in front of the White House. It's 2007. 2007. Bush was in there. Bush was in office. <laughs> oh, my God. So it wasn't like the Obama cool White House. It was like Malia and, and, and we were hitting right, that right. smoking bowl. We were smoking a joint. <laughs> it was very cool. We took pictures. It was amazing. It's amazing how far we've come to think that, you know, when you and I first started this, 
uh, trip together. There was only like eight medical states. Right. Only no legal states. And remember when people would ask, you know, hey, Madeline, when do you think it'll be legal? When do you think it'll be legal? I used to tell people 2020, maybe. 2020. <laughs> Who would have ever thunk it, right? This quick. It's amazing. Well, you know, I want to say, Russ, that since women have gotten involved, it seems to have expedited legalization yeah. across the country. I think so. Which always has has made sense to me it was just getting women motivated by finding out that that their kids got busted you know and a lot of soccer moms have some teenagers yeah and getting busted for weed is not acceptable just like when pauline sabin fought to end alcohol prohibition yeah here we are in normal women's alliance and whoopie and maya and just i was going to bring that up i think that's the next wave i've often said that you know you want to get weed legalized in your state get your grandma a salve exactly you know (laughs) know? that's the way i feel you know i think that it is really really important to continue to get women involved and seeing women in the cannabis industry just growing is amazing i just got asked on a panel um, you know about limitations and privilege for some or you know we, we're obviously talking about white privilege yeah, in the yeah. industry and one of my things is I'm on the main minority cannabis business association um, you know I'm a member let's say and I, I get concerned that I, I don't want us to resegregate ourselves you know yeah but also women women need a place because they don't men and women don't share the same issues around cannabis yeah now that they make the uh, cannabis tampons yeah anything's possible <laughs> i'm glad you bring up uh, uh the point of of the the, the race uh, the disproportionality and the privilege uh, point because really you know i'm a, a cisgendered able-bodied uh, tall heterosexual middle-class educated white american male i'm like a bible short of the privileged decathlon right, right? and i think because i've, I've, it's, I've often, often dealt with this question of why is Especially back in the day. Sure. Why was normal in the marijuana movement so overwhelmingly white male? And one of the thoughts that I came up with was, you know, as a white guy, you never experience any sort of hassle. Right. With life, right? You're starting life on the, uh, the, the with the cheat codes. <laughs> we call it with, uh, I used to call it, and I date myself, with uh, the e-ticket the e- at t- Disneyland. You'd go on any ride with that, that e-ticket. That's right. And so, so as a white dude who never experiences any sort of problems that way, when you get that discrimination because you're a pothead, Oh, yeah. Suddenly, and, and I'm not even trying to equate that it's even close to the same thing. No, but finally, you go. It's a little, like a little slap in your yeah. face. It's like, wait a minute, you can't treat me this way. I'm a white dude, right? Right. <laughs> and maybe that's why you know so many of those early, you know, I think the '60s, the the Abby Hoffmans and the and the Yippies and all these guys, all these white college kids were getting involved right. with it, was because it was that small bit of getting woke, right? Understanding that they you with, with a two by four saying what? So the Minority Cannabis Business Association is is working on the industry side. Uh, what's happening on the activism side? Getting minorities involved. Well, you know, I've been bitching about getting minorities involved since I was um, first involved with Normal, before I even went on the Normal Board of Directors. Uh, Alan St. Pierre got up on on stage at the Normal Conference in San Francisco and said, you know, um, I look around and the Normal is too fucking white and too fucking male. And, you know, I got up there because I won the Pauline Sabin Award that year. And they said to me, and I said, yes, and it continues to be because I was there with my husband and we were the only Mexicans in the room. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm one of those Mexican girls with a big mouth that doesn't go, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did I disturb you?" Oh no. But you know what I'd <laughs> like to say is uh, I met a girl named Sabra Stills in um at Sabria, the, yes. Sabria Stills, yes. Stills and she said something that I think is amazingly 
appropriate for us. If we are not sitting at the table, then we are on the menu. And they will eat a sub. It doesn't matter if you're if we're talking about color or if we're talking about the fact that we're cannabis consumers. You know, I think that we need to be aware of that. So when you are dealing with your kids in PTA and the things that they discriminate against, because I know I never felt comfortable wearing a pod t-shirt to pick up my grandkids. Right, right. For sure. Yeah. So I think that we need to expand people's minds. Uh, my assistant, Shelly DeHart, actually wore her oh, world-famous Cannabis Cafe t-shirt to uh, pick up her son. And all the moms got, they were like, hey, Shelly, can I talk to you later? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. They were all looking for the hookup, and they wanted to talk about it. They wanted to know what products to use. Yep. So it's an amazing um, conversation starter sometimes. Yes, minds are changing. So let's... Uh the, the Ted Kennedy thing, when do you do that? I do that um, on September 21st okay. in Boston, Massachusetts. Is it recorded or taped or streamed or anything like I that? I believe it is going to be. I don't know, you know if you know who Wendy Borman is. I think so. Yeah, Wendy's been working on a, a bunch of projects, um, you know, documenting projects like the, the fact that our elephants are being, are going to become exist, extinct, 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 I can't say it, yeah. uh, very soon. You know, if we don't do something about it. And she uh, was at the Cannes Festival, the film festival, and she is working on the women of Mary Jane. And so I get to be one of those women of Mary Jane because I love her. Oh, yes. She's my main thing. But, you know, one of the things that I have to say, Russ, yes, they are going to be filming it. But the other thing I really want to mention is we have to stand up and get our prisoners of war out of prison now we need to make sure that we don't just sit around and get high because we can now yeah but what about them you know these are our true freedom fighters you and i have been lucky to be freedom fighters in high times yeah I, when you, I, yeah. I met uh, bobby platchron he'd been in prison for 29 years gave me this medal and he used to be the longest serving nonviolent prisoner we just met george uh, yes. Mataromo, is right name? 33 years i Crazy. know it's it is absolutely insane to think that a human being can be incarcerated over a plant. Yeah, and the anecdote I've been told is that he talked about how during the time he was in there, one particular child molester came and went five times. Yeah. and then Yeah. (laughs) It's absolutely ridiculous. I used to work at a women's prison, and when I went down the halls to take count, I would smell marijuana wafting down the halls, and I thought to myself, if you can't keep it out of this maximum security prison with that houses the Mansons, how the hell are you going to keep it out of high school? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to build a wall. It'll yeah. be huge. We'll yeah, make Mexico a big one. pay for it. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think so. Hey, Mexico's moving forward. Viva Mexico, you That's know, true. with their uh, drug laws. And I think that it's pretty ridiculous for us to be uh, asking other countries to follow these rigid, you know, uh, dogmatic rules regarding marijuana when we're legalizing across the country now. We've got 10 states, possibly, that are going to be up there. I think we're not sure of North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota's on the ballot. Oh, yeah. see, I mean, it's Arkansas's just... Arkansas's got two are, on the ballot. That's two amazing to me, right? <laughs> yeah. And like you said, when we started this together, the, this journey, we wouldn't have thought this was going to happen so quickly. Not in Arkansas. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm really glad that Oregon was after Colorado and, and Washington yes. State, because we got four plants, wherever we want, no paperwork involved, and I think that's amazing. It sure is. Speaking of the plants, I know you've got Madeline's Fury coming Madeline's out. Fury, yeah. It came out of Pollination's Seed Company. Uh, Ryan Letts and Ryan Rice were good enough to name it after me. 
it is a um, indica, obviously, because I love me some indica. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, I do. I've been and, couch locked at Madeline's place a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Night night. Anyway, um, I will say that she is hurricane crossed by sky lotus. Very an, nice. An Iranian indica at that. Wow. Yeah, a yeah. Broad fan leaves. Broad. Oh. I don't know if you saw the picture of me on Facebook, but the the fan leaf was so big that it covered my whole head. Wow. Like this. Right right in front of me. Madeline's Fury. That's coming soon here in the Pacific Northwest. All right. So to wrap things up, let's first of all uh, give people all the, you know, the contact and and information for any of the groups or industries or anybody you want to promote. Well, I would like to promote Normal, of course, because that's what I'm part of. And uh, we need your, you know, obviously need your support to continue. So please support us. We're the oldest marijuana reform organization in the world, actually. And we need all the help we can get. And then, of course, write your legislators and let them know that we need to get our prisoners out. If you're if they're in there for a mar- marijuana any kind of marijuana violation or offense, I find it offensive that they're still incarcerated. Yeah. And let's get them out. And then um, keep looking for me on Facebook. We have the world famous cannabis cafe Facebook page. And um, I also want to let everybody know that this year I am a centerfold in Newsweek magazine. Oh wow! Yeah, right. we'll check that out. Yeah, changing how we live. Fantastic. Yes. All right. The uh, final question. I'm adding new uh, diverse questions to the interviews and, and this one is living or dead three people that you've never smoked a bowl with that you'd like to oh wow I think um, Mel Brooks oh, I ran into him in the airport the other day I, can ran you right imagine? by him he's like whoa shit that's Mel Brooks <laughs> I know it's so thrilling but these are people that I, I love dearly well, you think he smokes a bowl I do. Yeah. I really do. He's too damn funny. Come on. <laughs> History of the world with a giant joint in it. Blazing saddles. Come Blazing on. saddles. <laughs> you know? Come okay. on. So Mel Brooks. Uh, Mel Brooks. Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> oh, sure. Hey, right? Right. Why not? And I'm trying to... Uh, I don't know. Let me think. One more. A woman. You know, it would be great if I could smoke with... Um, Pauline Sabin? Ma- well, Pauline Sabin, of course. <laughs> but Madeline Kahn. You know, she oh, was a stoner. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah be- those are all my idols, obviously. People that I just thought were so damn funny. And, you know, humor is the key. There we go. Keep yourself happy. I've been married almost 47 years. A lot of cannabis and a lot of laughs. That's beautiful. Madeline Martinez, you will find her if you look her up. She's everywhere. World Famous Cannabis Cafe, normal.org. Check it all out. We got to go because this weed ain't going to smoke itself. That's right, baby. I got to go down. Great time at the Seattle Hemp Fest. Good time always talking to Madeline Martinez. And those buds of Madeline's Fury they look pretty good. They smoke pretty good, too. But that's all the time I got for uh, this show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with more news and interviews you can use for the cannabis community. More highlights from our Seattle Hemp Fest and our law enforcement against prohibition guest, former prosecutor Teresa Smallwood. Stay tuned on the live stream on CannabisRadio.com because Stoner Jesus is next coming up to save your stony soul. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us and until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. 
The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth.